Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So 2 Kings chapter 3. It says, so King Jehoram went out of Samaria at the time and mustered all Israel. Then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, saying, the king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he says, I will go. I am am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Then he says, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by the way of the wilderness of Edom. So So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days. And there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But King Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may acquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of of Shaphat is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to your prophets of your father and the prophets of your mama. I mean, dude had an attitude, right? Whoa, Elisha. But the king of of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, as the Lord host lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. (laughs) Now bring me a musician. Bring me Elijah. Then it happened when the musician played, then the the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see when, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that your cattle and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. This is a simple matter in the sight 
of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. And also you shall attack every fortified city and, and every choice city. And you shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly, someone say suddenly. suddenly. Oh, I love the, those moves by God. When suddenly he shows up, the water came by the way of Edom and the land was filled with water. So today we're going to talk about how to have a God's perspective. Father, just, we just welcome you in this place, Lord God. I know you've heard our prayers, Lord God, and you are going, going to move on our behalf. God, I thank you for this church, Lord God. I thank you for all the things that you have done and what you are doing right now. Have your way in this place. This is your service, Lord God. Thank you for allowing us to come along for the ride. <laughs> Thank you for using a guy like me to minister your word, Lord God. What a great honor it is. Think with my mind and speak through my vocal cords. Lord, we don't want regular church. We want that sudden movement. Mm. Have your way in Jesus' name. Somebody give him a shout in this place. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Come on, just can you just give it up for our worship team just ushering the presence of the Lord? So make sure you come out for our uh, turkey bowl. I forgot to bring the trophy. We do have a trophy. Yeah, we're really serious about it until you actually see us play. Some of us, right? Joaquin's still a professional out there. So I, I believe that most of us have the desire to have good perspective and pos positive outcomes in life. I truly believe that. But I'm, I'm here to submit to you that a good perspective isn't necessarily a God perspective. Wow. See, see, a good, yeah, a good perspective isn't necessarily a God perspective because we don't think like God, right? right? He is much bigger than, than we are, right? And so, See, a, a, a perspective is the capacity to see things in their uh, true meaning. Right? So, so it's the capacity to see things in their true meaning. But human perspective, perspectives are so fickle. Because a lot of the times our perspectives are shaped by our experiences. So it's hard for us to see things in its true meaning, especially if we are full of anger, 
if we are full of grief, right? If we are full of offenses, it's hard for us to see things in its true meaning. Making sense so far? So think about it. If you are full of offense all the, all the time, you ever talk to someone and, and the conversation is going really well, uh, and then all of a sudden you, you start to uh, disagree with them, and then, then suddenly they get offended. Yeah. It's not really you. It's really because they are full of offense. Yeah. Right? So it's hard to see things in this true meaning if you are always full. Like you prepare yourself to be offended. So if you are full of offense, that means your future offenses is premeditated. It's premeditated because you're already preparing yourself to get upset. You're already preparing yourself to get offended, right? It's like you're looking for an offense. It's like, who is going to offend me today? Right? So, so it's hard for us to see things in its true meaning. If we are full of uh, uh, the world's perspective, if we are full of our family's perspective and not full of God's perspective. Right. Right? So we need to do a um, perspective test. You going to do it with me? You have no choice because you're in the service, so you have to do the test. <laughs> so we're going to do a perspective test, right? We need to ask, ask ourselves the glass half question, right? So we're going to put some questions up, up here, right? Um, so the first one. We, we ready? We'll make sure we have it up there because I want you to see it. I want you to see it. You don't have it. You have to have it. We need it. Okay. Not there? Okay. So I'll just tell it to you. So the glass half empty perspective, right? So you ask, so if you're a glass half empty person, you have to ask yourself, is your perspective driven by what you had but lost? Or maybe you see the glass half empty because of something you expected but never received. Yeah, yeah we got it up there. Praise those. See, I knew you had the anointing. Don't doubt God's anointing in your life. Right? So you have to ask yourself that question, right? If you're a glass half empty person, is it because of something you lost or, or maybe it's, it's, it's because of something you expected but never received? Is your perspective driven by those things? So the glass half full, right? We usually, this is usually a positive thing, right? We talk about a glass half full person, right? But, then, but you still have to ask yourself a question. Is your perspective driven by what you might have? Do you define yourself based on future expectations? Ooh. See, if we are not careful, our perspectives could end up being driven by what we've experienced, but not necessarily by what is true. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to, we have to be careful. So a God's perspective works differently. It's not like us. It's not like ours, right? A God's perspective doesn't look at what you might be. It doesn't look, look at what you might have lost. 
it looks directly at what you have now. What you have now. What you have now, the Lord is saying, is good enough. What you have now, the Lord wants to work with. What, what you have now is good enough for God. Are you with me so far? So it looks directly to what you have. I think that is so encouraging, right? Because we, we always look for, for things. We, we always look for, some people look for more. We always want more. God say, no, what you have is, a, is enough. So we focus on a lot of, a, a lot of what we lost <laughs> or what we need. So God saying that what you have is, is enough. Thank you, Jesus. So, so, the, uh, the, um, so the word perspective comes from a Latin word, persecure, something like that, which means to look through or beyond. See, our human perspective can only look at Look at all I have done. Look at all I have lost, right? So, but the, God's perspective looks beyond, looks through. This is why our sins are forgiven. <laughs> God looks beyond those things. So when we, when we, when we sin God, and we ask God for forgiveness, he throws those sins away. He looks beyond our sins, right? So he will never remind us of our sins. I, I say it all the time. The only people that will remind you of your sins is you and the enemy. God's like, I've, I've moved on. I'm so far above that. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm done with that. Let's move forward. Life is about moving forward. God wants us to move forward. He used what we have now. Amen. Oh, if I just had a few people to go with me on this journey, right? God's going to change our perspective. How many want their perspective changed? So he wants to take us higher. We see better when we go higher. He wants to take us higher to see things differently, to see things that we've never seen before. That's why we constantly have to pursue him. God will show us things we have not seen before. Right? So that we could, we could, we could always rise above, right, trials and tribulations. We, we can be those people that will just rise above those things. As the world is running around frantic, we can rise above of what's going on in our world. God can show us things that we've never seen before. He can show us what is, how he's working his word, how he's bringing forth his word. So with our text, in our text, so, um, so this king, um, king of Israel is uh, asked uh, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, to join him in fighting uh, the king of Moab. So they started this journey and they picked up uh, uh, the king of Edom. So they were on this journey for seven days. Um, and so they brought all their, their soldiers and animals and all of that with them. So all of a sudden they got to a point in their, in their walk 
where everything dried up. They had no water. So it was just like, oh, I mean, king, the king of Israel, he was like panicking. He was, just, he was just going off. He was just so dramatic. He was just like, oh, man, the Lord is trying to kill us. But King Jehoshaphat was just like, oh, okay. Okay, listen, is there not a prophet in the area that can share the word of the Lord uh, with us? Um, so one of the servants that was uh, with them said, you know, heard about Elisha, um, that he was, he was in town. And, and so they know Elisha through Elijah, right? And so, so, they, uh, so they went to see Elisha. They wanted to get the word, the word of the Lord. They had a problem, and they, need, they needed God's help. They needed a word from, from God. And so they went to Elisha for that word. So if you don't really know the context of, of uh, uh, Elisha's response, you would just think that he had an attitude when they approached him. Right? Because he was just like, what would I have to do with you? What, what do I have to do with you? You know, sometime when my, my wife wakes up, you know, in the morning, she doesn't have her coffee. What would I have to do with you? What? 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 You? What? You? What would I have to do with you? Right? So you would think that he, he, has, a, he has an attitude, right? Uh, but really... The, uh, the reason for his response was the king of Israel worshiped false gods. And also Elijah, uh, uh, right, prophesied death over uh, the king, king of Israel's uh, father and brother. So there was a history there. So he was just like, why are you coming to me? Go to your father and your mama. Right? And their gods. Go to them. Why, why are you coming to me? But, the resp- but he has such great respect for King Jehoshaphat. So he, he's like, okay, I know you. I really need help because King Je- Jehoshaphat's here. So let me, let, let me bless you guys. So he went and he, and he worshiped. Now, what I found interesting here, right, was it was three different perspectives. We had three different perspectives. When they... Uh, uh, journeyed out, and they reached the point of there were no more water. They, they needed God's help. It was three different perspectives. And I think we can learn from when we face problems. Three different perspectives. So king, king of Israel's perspective was he was the glass half empty person, right? Because he got upset when he didn't receive something he expected. Right. So he 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 got upset. He was just like, well, God's trying to kill us is right. We're on this journey. Now we don't have water. God is trying to kill us. So he got upset with God. I often wonder how does that work out for for a person (laughs) like who loses at the end? Right. So getting upset with God, usually we get upset with God because we have an expectation that was not met. Right. But how does that work out? Because God would never stop being God. Like just because you have a circumstance, just because you have a problem and you have an expectation, you have a perspective that you you think that God should help you. He's not going going to stop being God. If he has a plan, he's going to fulfill that plan. We can never change that plan. So I wonder sometimes what is the use of getting upset with a God that doesn't change? (laughs) 
He will always love us. He will always be there. So what, I don't understand. So maybe we have the expectation, right, being upset with God, like God will come down and be like, hey, you know, I, I know you're mad at me. I, I apologize. I, I, no, I, I really do. I, I, I apologize. I, I wasn't there for you because I was out being God. But I fell short of my glory. Right? Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know you, uh, you needed me to come through, but what, what happened was I, I, I ran out of blessings. I ran, I, I ran out of blessings. But I did order some more, and your name is on one of them. I did order more. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like, I know I'm God. I know I'm God. And I know my word says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. But I should have thought of, thought of it your way. You're right. I should have thought of it your way. Next time, I will ask you first. Maybe we have that expectation. Maybe we have that expectation. So maybe king, the king of Israel had that expectation, right? So that was one perspective. Then you had King Jehoshaphat. So if you read the text, it just, his response sounds very encouraging. He was just like, hey, let's go see if there is a prophet in the area so we can seek the word of the Lord. But let me push you a little bit. Let me push you a little bit. He was a glass half full guy, right? His perspective was driven by what he can have, what he can get, right? But, but re- let me remind you that he already had favor with God. He, are, he was already faithful. So why, so he never, when, when the king, the king of Israel asked him to join him in battle, he said yes right away but never checked in with God. So now that when they were in trouble, he said, is there a prophet in the area that we can hear the word of the Lord? But if you read the story of King Jehoshaphat, that man was anointed. That man had the word of God in him. Amen? So he, so he had, he, so God, so he could have used what he had. He could have just checked in with the Lord before that journey. So that was that perspective, right? So then it's God's perspective. Then it's God's perspective. Are you ready for God's perspective here? So, God told Elisha to tell them to do something strange. It was just really strange. He told told them to dig ditches. So, So they must have been like, this is like so unrelated to our problems. This just doesn't make any sense. Like, why are we going to dig ditches? How does that help us? How does that help us? See, they focused on 
the dry land, not the word of God. They focus on what their eyes can see. So they were short-sighted. See, so what they saw was dry land. What God saw was ditches full of water. He says, which is challenging, it's a whole different perspective. He says, you will not see the rain, nor will you see the wind, but there will be water there. (laughs) So think about that perspective. What they saw was no water, but what God saw was water. That's a whole new perspective, right? So God is saying to them, I am not going to do it in the way that you think. <laughs> you would never fathom the way that I do things. You're not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna move in the way that you expect me to move. Because we can't figure God out. We would never get to a point we could figure him out. Because as humans, we can figure something out, but we, man, we control it. God cannot be controlled. He will always be in control. And he wants to be in control of our lives. So that's why as believers, you have to say, you must have the mentality that you say that my life is not mine. It's not mine. It's God's. Right? We need to give our lives to him on a daily basis. That's a whole nother. He said, he's saying to fix your eyes on what, don't fix your eyes on what you see, fix it on the unseen. Yes. Fix it on the unseen. But why did God tell him to dig dishes, ditches? Well, in the scripture, rain represents blessing and favor and increase. Right? So the passage shows us that when we dig dishes, ditches, so, so, you know, so to speak, we make preparations for God's goodness, right? So I love this. The ditches represents structure. The rain represents God's blessing. Structure. The ditches represent structures. We, we have to have something to hold God's blessing. But here's the challenging part. The structure, we, we, our lives must be structured around the word of God. It must be structured on the word of God. So we can't just be hearers of the word. We must be doers of the word. So he's telling them to build ditches, right? To build a structure to hold my blessings, Oh, we're going somewhere. I'm hoping that you're coming with me on this journey. God's going to change our perspectives here. God's doing a new thing in this church, and I'm I'm, I'm just so excited for what he's going to do, what what he is doing. I'm just hoping that we get this understanding of what God is saying to us. You coming with me? So structure is important for our lives. Our lives must be structured around the word of God. See, some people want God's blessings but don't want structure. (laughs) Right? So some people just won't read the word of God but want his blessings. So he told them, right, to build ditches to go to follow his word, (laughs) to build ditches on his word. 
right? So some people want blessings, but not structure. So how do we dig ditches? Well, it's interesting what God told Moses in Exodus 4, verse 1. It says, then, um, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is this? What is that in your hand? Mm. He said, a rod. See, I remind you that God's perspective looks at what you have now. So the shovel you have right here is to dig ditches. The shovel represents your obedience, your faith, and your service to God. Your obedience, your faith, and your service to God. Are you going with me? We must keep doing these things. We must continue to obey. We must continue to walk in faith. And we must continue to serve the Lord. See, you you build ditches by obeying God's word. Right? You dig ditches by obeying God's word. Right? Physical obedience, right, brings spiritual blessings. Yeah. Yeah. Physical obedience brings spiritual blessings. Right? So if they were to obey God's word, it would bring forth those spiritual blessings. Now, When we read uh, the story of the Israelites in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, right, we, you know, we like to pick on them a lot, right? Because, well, one of the reasons why they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, but it was only supposed to take them 14 days. That's, that numbers, those numbers are kind of off. Yeah, just a little bit. But I believe some Christians have been in the wilderness probably a lot longer. We like to pick on them, but we need to look at our own stuff, right? So they, but you know, so they've been in the wilderness for 40 40 years, but it took them, they're only supposed to be in the wilderness for 14 days. So, So this proves to me that, that, being in the wilderness, the, the length of you, you being in the wilderness will be determined by you. The time that you spend in the wilderness will be, to be, determined, be determined by you. Right? So you actually will dictate how long you're in the wilderness. Right? So we may be in the wilderness. When we're in the, so God will send us in the wilderness. Right? But we will, it's up to us how long we stay in there. So maybe it's something God sends us in the wilderness, right, to equip us. Or maybe it's something that God wants us to obey. And we have not yet. Right? So what took them so long in the wilderness? 
speaking of the Israelites. What took them so long? Well, something was wrong with their perspective. Right? They were short-sighted. They only, they only, they only saw life out of the, the lens of their natural eyes and not their spiritual eyes. Right? So God was trying to show them a new perspective, right? Because he released them from captivity. He released them from bondage, right? So now he was bringing them into the promised land. But there was something on the journey to the promised land that God wanted to show them. Are you with me? So their perspectives were, um, was driven by their past. Right? So they were, they were short-sighted. So their perspective was shaped by their experiences. Right? So, so imagine. So this, we re, this is the book of Exodus. So they have exited the, uh, uh, you know, Pharaoh, the bondage, but they were supposed to exit the wilderness as well. Right? But their perspective as was like king, the king of Israel, like God was setting them up or Moses was setting them up. So Moses was trying to lead them out of the promised land. And so what they chose to do, they chose to complain. So imagine this for a second, right? You know, so they're on this journey um, in, into the promised land and, you know, it's a bunch of people walking and, and Moses is leading them. They're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. Why are we going this way, Moses? Why, why are we going this way? I'm tired, right? I want, I want to eat. Where's the manna that fell yesterday? I don't, come on, why do we have to keep going this way? Look at this, this place is a mess. Why are we here? I can't believe that we're here, right? So every complaint uh, Moses brought, brought to the Lord, Lord, I, they're, they're talking about their feet hurt and I don't, I don't really know what, to, I don't know what to say to them and, and all of that, right? So they're, they're just complaining, they're just complaining, they're just complaining, they're just complaining. And I believe the whole time Right? They were complaining. They missed their exit. Because they were focused. Their eyes was focused on what they didn't have. Right? What they didn't have or what they lost. Right? And the whole time, the Spirit of God probably was like, hey, over here. This is your exit. Over here. Hello? Over here. But no one was focused on the exit. No one could see the exit because the whole group of people was complaining and, 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 and Moses didn't know how to leave them. So could it be why we're still in the The reason why we're in the wilderness is because we're trying to complain our way through it. And we don't see the exit. We don't, we don't see the exit. And God's trying to give us a new perspective. He's trying to bring us higher. Like you can go higher being in the wilderness. He can bring you higher, right? And you can see things better. So something that God's trying to get you to grab a hold of, or it, actually he's trying to grab a hold of, right? But we're resisting it with our complaints. Physical <laughs> obedience brings forth spiritual blessings. So he's supposed to just walk through the wilderness. Walk through the wilderness. Just obey. You don't have to know the reason why all the time. This God said, just go that way. Just walk through it. Don't camp out in the wilderness. Walk through the wilderness, right? Look for your exit. 
Are you going with me? So the shovel represents your obedience and it represents your faith. Do you know faith is a perspective? Through faith, we understand. Through our faith, we understand. Now, I know the word says faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. But how do you put that into action? Like, what does that look like? Like, what, like how do you put that into action? How, does, how is faith working in your life? Because when people go through tough times, we tell them, the first thing we tell them, have faith. Have more faith. Just have faith. But how? Like, what does that look like? Show me what does that look like? See, when the word of God changes the way you see, think, act, and handle pressure, you know faith is working for you. You know faith is working for you. So through faith, we understand. When God speaks to something, he speaks eternity into it. Yeah. See, a lot of times when we go through trouble, tough times, we think internally. But God thinks eternally. Eternity. Yeah, 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 right? So, it, so, so faith takes work, right? You, you, you have to work through it. Faith is a decision to choose a perspective higher than yours. Wow. Right? So God's taking us on this journey to change our, our perspective. Faith is a perspective. So when we start to see things differently, man, Man, it changes our lives. So God wants to change our perspective. He can, if he can change our perspective, it would change our reality. That means it would change our situation. Come on, faith works, right? It moves mountains. It moves God, right? Faith works. Faith encourages, right? I mean, faith, right, scares the devil, Right? Faith is so attractive, amen? Because you attract the presence of God when you walk in faith. Faith works. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, faith works. It works. So the shovel represents our obedience, our faith, and our service to God. So this proof, our text proved by digging ditches, right? So by digging ditches, it proves uh, obedience and faith in serving God produces fruit in our life. See, the land was filled with water and the enemy was defeated. See, some people give up their shovel before the blessings come. Don't give up your shovel. So this whole journey in life is about obeying God. It's about walking in obedience, 
It's about walking in faith, and it's about serving God. Don't give up your shovel. God's telling this church, dig ditches. It doesn't make sense. He's, it doesn't make sense, but he said, just keep digging. Just keep, just, just keep digging. Like, you keep obeying. You keep walking in faith. You keep serving God. Just keep, keep digging. Keep digging. Don't ever put down your shovel based on your circumstance, right? If you want a new perspective, just, God said, keep, keep digging. Keep, keep, keep digging. Do you know, could you imagine these three kings? They faced a problem in their life. They got a word from God, right? Word from God. It didn't make sense to their reality. But, but when they did what God told them to do, it came into fruition. They saw the water filled, all the ditches that they built. That proves to us what God tells us, whatever we do, we're not going vain. It may seem unimportant to you, but it's so important to God. What you have is enough. If you have obedience, if you have faith, and you are serving God, that's what he's going to use. That's what he's going to use. So how to have a God's perspective is to use what you have. <laughs> use what you have. Just keep digging. I don't know what you are going through right now, but the Lord just says, keep digging. He says to keep digging. Church, keep digging. We're on this journey together. I believe that as we dig ditches together, the church will be blessed. Your home's going to be blessed. And your family will be blessed. Can we dig ditches together? Yes. Come on, just stand with me. Can we dig ditches together? So no matter what you go through in your life, the Lord is saying, don't put down your shovel. Don't put down, don't put down your shovel. Just continue to obey. Just continue to walk in faith. Just continue to, ser to serve me. Even during COVID. This doesn't surprise God. We continue to walk in obedience. We continue to walk in faith and we continue to serve him. Even during these times, we just keep digging. We just keep digging. Because some people, I am telling you right now, some people, some Christians put down their shovel. What was, one, what was once working in their lives, they put, they put it down. God saying this church, just keep, just keep, just keep digging. He says, he says, it's a different perspective. He says, you will not see the rain nor the wind, but the ditches will be full of water. So he is saying the rain is coming but you won't see it. You know the reason why you won't see it? Because we're going to be so busy 
<laughs> no matter what, no matter what season, no matter what season we're in, we're just going to keep doing this. No matter how many people come to church, we're just going to keep doing this. No matter how much we have to set up and break down, we're just going to keep doing this. No matter how much we got to teach the kids, we're just going to keep doing this. No matter how, no, no matter what season we're in, we're just going to keep digging. Because God doesn't want us to have the same perspective as the world. He wants us to have a, a digging perspective. <laughs> he wants us to have a, dig, a digging perspective. Don't put down your shovel. Come on, I want you to hold them up. Hold them up. I know it sounds silly. Think about what God asked the three kings to do. I know it looks silly. To say to the Lord, I'm not putting this down. No matter what season I'm in, I'm going to obey. I'm going to walk in faith. And I will continue to serve you. I will continue to serve you, Lord. Come on, come on, come on. Give God some praise in this place.